On this edition of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast, we continue our profiles of the province's academies and we're heading to the sunny south. We also chat with a Dogs Academy grad who's gone viral. Welcome to Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I am Joe McFarland. This week we'll chat with former Okotoks Dogs standout Matt Lloyd about his impressive season with Indiana University and what's to come in 2019. But first, we'll continue our profiles of Alberta's baseball academies. It's been more than a decade since Fox Hall Academy opened its doors. Ian Wilson's been hard at work this week putting together the profile on albertadugoutstories.com while I sat down with head coach and director of operations, Les McTavish. Les, thanks for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go back in time and let's gaze back and give people a little bit of a history lesson on Vauxhall Academy. Uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been around for a long time. We uh, our doors opened in the fall of 2006, and uh, I was hired in in the latter part of 2005, and, and then uh, we started planning to get ready for the fall of 2006. So, the program has been allow- uh, around probably as long as anybody um, in the provincial side of things, even within Alberta. Um, yeah, so we started the fall of 2006, and fast forward 13 years, and we are where we are today. So. Lots has changed uh, both with our program and the landscape of baseball in our province and our country, and I think the majority of it in a good way. And um, yeah, it's been it's been a great 13 years, and we look forward to another 13 moving forward. Talk a little bit about the offerings and and the programming that you guys have in Vauxhall, because it is a bit of a uh, an oasis on the prairie in a sense. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, it, it it's certainly a unique situation here. You know, we. You know, it's a small town, and there's other programs that would be small towns, like Bradlands would be in the small town as well. But where we're different and where we're unique is is uh, everything's built into the school day, and um, so they do baseball as part of their school day. And, and uh, you know, we only take one team, and uh, we have one team of 22 athletes, and, and uh, we have some practice squad players kind of from the local area, but... Um, it's unique in that sense where every year we have a you know a, a big turnover of players and players moving on and then new players coming in but there's not um, uh, there's not a JV team or a second team or a third team that we kind of build through so it is unique in that side uh, it, it uh, I think there's lots of positives in that I, you know when you're on our ball club you're going to play on the top team and get to play you know against some of the top programs in Western Canada or the U.S. and um, you know, it, it uh, you know, in part of that, we we have uh, an expensive staff for that that small group of guys. So, um, it's something that we feel uh, has a lot of positives. And and uh, some days that when we're beat up in the spring and we have some guys hurt, I wish we had more guys. But um, for the, for the most part, uh, I think it's been a real positive um, having one one group and one good group every year. What's the typical day like for a student athlete? Um, you know, the, the big thing on our end, they, uh, I, I, leave, uh, I live in Lethbridge and I commute out daily and uh, I get here just before 8 o'clock. The guys are guys get up about 7.30. They live in a residence, um, which is built in or built on the edge of the school. Um, so the guys will get up. Some players get up really early um, and do some early work in the weight room or whatever. But for the most part, guys will get up about 7.30, have a good breakfast, um, and then they're off to class. Class goes from 8.30 until 
145, and then baseball begins uh, at 145. So um, we our baseball practice, you know, runs depending on the time of the year. We would have our three seasons, like everybody does, a fall, a winter, and a spring season. And um, in the winter, where we are currently, the majority of weekends are off. Um, we go five days a week with practice, and um, some days we have two practices, an early morning practice and an after-school practice or, or a 145 practice. So, um, yeah, they go to school 8.30 to 1.45, and baseball is kind of 1.45 until 4.30, 4 um, depending on the day, uh, and then dinner at 5 o'clock, and then in the evening they'll have some time to do some extra work on the baseball front, but most importantly, some time to, to get some homework and studying done. And um, We do have several players that are playing basketball so they can play on their local basketball team and so they'll have time for practices and we have some players that you know currently are coaching a minor hockey team or we have players that are referee basketball so there's lots of different activities in the evening but uh, uh, most of our work is done um, by the time dinner um, rolls around. You guys have quite the the setup out there, and and part of it is because of the history. I mean, Jet Stadium was built back in, if memory serves me right, like the 1950s or something like that, because baseball has been kind of a, a staple of Southern Alberta, whether it be through uh, the the different leagues that existed then, the the different uh, rounds that pl- that players went through, that kind of thing. But you guys have quite the facility. Yeah, I, you know, it is. It's you know, Jet Stadium is is. Uh, you know, it dates back to the 50s, and, you know, we, we had some major upgrades over the last few years and, and uh, hopefully continue to get it better and better every year. And um, You know, we the, the school um, was retrofitted and modernized uh, six, seven years ago, um, so that's brand new, and then the residence was built on at that point in time, and um, right now we're, we're uh, working hard at uh, getting a new indoor facility. Right now we use the community hall as a dual purpose, so it's used for the community and for us. Um, which is great, and you know it has its challenges at times, but uh, we're excited about the possibility of, of of getting our own facility moving forward. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a history in Southern Alberta. <clears throat> you know, this whole area, kind of through Granham, over to Champion, you know, into Lethbridge and Medicine Hat. But there is the small town um, Vulcan, Granham, and Foxall. Um, you know, they had professional baseball or semi-professional baseball back in the 50s. So. Mm, it's uh, as someone who was from that area and, and has heard the stories from dad and grandpa back in the day about uh, the the ringers that they'd bring in to go play for Vulcan or Granham or Stavely, that kind of thing was, uh, it was always fun to listen to. When you talk about the, the success of that, then you can kind of almost uh, go to the success of, of you guys. And you guys have had some pretty high-profile alums walk through the, the doors there, that kind of thing. What do you guys define as success? That's a good question, and, it, and I'm not sure if I can completely answer it. But, you know, our motto um, in starting in 2006 was better person, better player. And, and uh, we've always taken a, a priority um, uh, believing in that and instilling that in our athletes, um, and sometimes you know, you know that means that you, um, you have if a player makes a mistake or 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 uh, they do something that <clears throat> you know jeopardizes that. Sometimes that player will be dismissed from the program, and I think it it's one of those you know the better person, better player is something that over over the last thirteen years we've we've really tried to instill in the players and. Um, you know, it could be as simple as holding a door for somebody. 
um, or taking your hat off when you eat, um, I, I think are good attributes for young for youth in today. And um, we've tried really hard. Our, our staff, we've been fortunate. Our staff has been um, intact. Jimmy Kokus, who's our assistant coach, uh, he's been with us from the beginning. Um, Joel Blake's been with us for seven years. Um, Jeff Crescell has been our strength guy overseeing our strength program for 13 years. And we have, you know, Josh Hootmer is our, our mental consultant. Um, he was on the first original team and now he works for us. Um, and then we have Craig Morrison, who's the owner operator of the Mavericks, who's our, our uh, therapist. So, um, <clears throat> you know, we're fortunate, I think, that we, um, you know, our staff is maintained, and I think it's easy to build continuity and it's easy to build um, uh, consistency each and every year. What does it mean to you to be able to give back? And I know I'm asking a personal story based out of a profile of an academy, but at the same time, you're somebody who played ball in Vauxhall. You're an Alberta boy. So I wonder what it's like and what it means to you to be able to give back to the community that you once played in. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, certainly, you know, Vauxhall, Southern Alberta has been dear to my heart. You know, I was raised in central Alberta and then moved south and, um, you know, I think what's what's exciting about small town Alberta is is our players. The majority of them don't come from small towns, and they move into a small town, and they start to understand and they start to realize what it takes to make a community tick. And it doesn't matter if you're in Edmonton or Toronto or Calgary or Okotoks or Vauxhall. That stuff goes on, but in a small town, everybody has to pitch in. You just realize it because it's so, so small. It still happens in the bigger centers. Um, so it's something that we believed in right from the beginning, um, whether it's setting up for the farmer's markets in the community, whether it's every second Thursday visiting the senior center, um, whether it's every minor ball team having to be coached by one of our players, uh, or whether it's just helping out refereeing some junior high basketball games. I think it's important for kids to realize and our players to realize um, that, that giving back and volunteering and providing time and effort is, is part of growing as a young man. You mentioned the the partnership there. How important is it for you guys to have the backing of the community and to to have sort of that that uh, that partnership? No, it, it, the community in Southern Alberta in general and, and uh, it's been really important. And you know, I think the community of Oxhall has been exceptional and they've been supportive over the years. And um, and not just the community of Oxhall, but the MDA Tabor Tabor and it stretches even into Medicine Hat and Lethbridge because, you know, we, we do have players, a lot of players from the Southern Alberta core. Um, but certainly the community has been, you know, has been very supportive of us. And we try hard to make sure we're supportive of the community as well. And it is a small town and it's a farming community and, and people are busy in the fall and spring and um, with, with calving or seeding or harvest. Um, and we've been real fortunate to have them um, stick with us and, and uh, see us through. And, you know, we got lots of exciting things ahead, and, and hopefully we can continue to build on what we've created. We'll look uh, ahead in a second, but I do want to ask one more quick question about the past. When you look over the last decade or so of, of uh, Vauxhall Academy and its history, any players or any individuals really stick out to you in terms of great ball players who went on to great things, whether it be in baseball or in life in general? Geez, it's hard to name, you know, a specific player because we've had a ton of really good players that have went on. You know, we haven't had players playing the major leagues, and uh, and that's okay. You 
know, I think we've had a ton of players be very successful um, in many aspects, and it's exciting to have alumni come back. And they have kids of their own, and you know, they're starting going to start going through t-ball now, and um, and some of those things. It's hard to name a certain player. You know, we every year I kind of have my one or two that we we talk about from the past, and you know, this year we've been talking quite a bit about Nolan Bumstead, who. Um, was an academic All-American at Cal State Northridge, and there's a tremendous YouTube um, tribute that he had at, at uh, Cal State Northridge speech that he did, and we just talked we just talked about him uh, uh, last week, and you know I, I can't name it's really hard. I I think we'd have too many alumni to be and you forgot my name. So uh, we we have a ton, and I'll tell you, um, in a small town like this, and it, when you only have one team, our life our one of our biggest lifelines is our alumni. Mm-hmm. And players that have came through our program and um, believe in it, and they become our best attributes, whether it's recruiters or. Um, and what's exciting is that we have so many kids from all over the country. We have a ton from Eastern Canada. We have we've had kids from every province in Canada except for Newfoundland so far. So um, it's it's exciting in that aspect that you know you have players and relationships that are built coast to coast. It is cool that way, and in talking with others around the the baseball world here in Alberta, is that we we're starting to gain this reputation, or maybe we've had it all along that this is a place to go to get trained and to get the top notch training. And whether or not your goal is to make it to the majors or just to be someone who makes it far in life as a doctor or a teacher or whatever the case may be. Is that sort of one of the things that you guys hold near and dear to your guys' hearts is being able to uh, attract not just that local talent, which is very important, but also to be able to uh, bring in people from all across the country? A hundred percent. You know, ultimately, we're all trying to get the best baseball player you can, but there's so much more to it. And realistically, the majority of them are not going to play on TV someday and make millions of dollars and you know, like you say, we've been we've been lucky and fortunate that we've had the doctor and the teacher and the um, lawyer. We have somebody working for NASA with on the with Boeing and NASA. Like you have all sorts of walks of life, and you know, we have a guy that owns an electrical company, and you know, little things like that. And I shouldn't say little; those are um, certainly um, rewarding and as rewarding as on the baseball field. And I hope, um, I really hope that players and, and people that go through and even families that go through our program understand and, and appreciate all the time, hard work and effort, because we certainly appreciate them coming here. And like you say, Alberta's landscape is, is really strong right now. You know, the, there's lots of really good programs out there and there's lots of really good coaches coaching in our province. And, um, you know, we're, we're just fortunate to, to be part of the Alberta baseball landscape. You've been a part of the Western Canadian baseball landscape for quite a while, and I'm wondering what's changed, because Alberta sort of sometimes has this reputation of, okay, you've only got four months of baseball season, really, because you could get winter at any time, in a sense, and that really kind of cuts into into the season, but yet you're still getting top-quality talent coming here. What is setting Alberta apart from other places? Um, I don't know if, you know, I don't know how much we're set apart, but I can tell you that, you know, you look at all the programs that are in the in the province right now, there's lots of really good coaches. Every program has good coaches, um, and they have good people that work hard and they get after it. And, and I think over the last, you know, six, eight, ten years, 
there's been consistency within the coaching staffs and the coaching within our province. And when there's consistency there, it seems to relate to consistency with recruiting and consistency on the field and so on and so forth. And, you know, there's, uh, it doesn't matter which program you look at. I think everybody has some strong coaches and some strong um, leaders and, and people that, you know, are here for the long haul. And, and uh, I think that's what's changed, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe there was coaches in and out all over the place, but now I think it doesn't matter what program you look at, there's some consistent consistency with the coaching and not only on the field coaching, but maybe support staff off the field. Um, that's what we've always prided ourselves on as a program is that the baseball part is important. And, and, but I think it will take care of itself in a lot of aspects. It's all the other, it's all everything around the baseball, um, that is really, really important to, to help fulfill a total student athlete, whether it's the sports psychology and the mental training to the strength and conditioning to the to the rehab to the nutrition to um, to the strength and anything, everything that goes around the baseball part, and then the baseball obviously uh, is the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. When I'm going to ask you to put on your your uh, put out your crystal ball for a second here, and when you look ahead to 2019 and beyond, what do you kind of have as a grand vision, or what would you like to see coming out of Vauxhall Academy? Uh, if we look into 2019, you know, I, I I'm excited about uh, the, the group that we have right now. Um, you know, we have a good mix of young and old, and I think we. I think we have some fairly strong arms, um, but what I'm excited about is I think we're a well-rounded group, and I think we'll surprise a few people as far as, you know, maybe we're a little better hitting group than some people would would, uh, give us credit for, and, um, you know, I'm excited about the group. I think they're pushing hard this winter, and, you know, they're taking care of the classroom, and they're taking care of the weight room, and they're taking care of our mental work, Um, and then this year we've incorporated a lot of the nutritional side, um, and they're taking care of that. So I'm excited about the possibilities on the field and, and uh, certainly about the possibilities of the players moving on because that's why they're here. You know, they want to win games while they're at the Vauxhall Academy, but ultimately they're trying to better themselves as a baseball player, as a person, as a student um, to get to the next level, and that's college baseball. And um, and if they're ever fortunate enough to, to even bypass that and go to the pro world, that's even, that's even better. So, yeah, we're excited about it. You know, when I, uh, you know, we have a few things up on the go as far as we're looking at. Um, we're, right now, we're currently fundraising for a new indoor facility, and, and uh, we're well on our way right now. And uh, we're excited about the possibility of announcing something in the near future. Looking forward to uh, what the future does have in store for Vauxhall Academy. Les, I appreciate the time and the insight on the podcast today. Appreciate it, Joe. Have yourself a great holiday season. And uh, we appreciate all the support for baseball in this province. 2018 might have been a good year for Matt Lloyd, but it wasn't a great year in his eyes. The Okotoks product turned heads with stellar performances on the mound, in the field, and at the bat for Indiana University. In the Canadian Baseball Network's year-end all-star selections, he was chosen as both a pitcher and a DH, but there's one thing the Dogs Academy alum was hoping to add to that list of accomplishments, being chosen in the MLB draft this past summer. Lloyd's putting in the work now in hopes of changing fortunes in 2019, and he was showing some of that off recently on Twitter. 
Matt, let's start off with the viral post. That's quite the way to end the year is people paying attention to your swing. Give us a little background on you videoing that and pumping that out. And how did that all kind of transpire? Well, we got a new coaching staff. So with our new coach, Jeff Mercer, we've been really, you know, delving into my mechanics and stuff, really trying to use my backside a little bit more and focus on pushing through my swing instead of what I used to do is kind of like pulling with my front hip. I'm really working on pushing with my back hip. Mm-hmm. So then I was just having a good round and got one of my buddies to take a video of me hitting. And then one of one of those swings was that one that you saw on Twitter. And then I just, you know, wanted to showcase a little bit, show it off uh, a tiny bit, post it to my, my own Twitter. And then that baseball bros uh, Twitter account just really just took the video and, posted on their own like they didn't contact me or anything but so yeah that's about that's about it for the story behind that so you surprised at all at how quickly this one took off on you yeah absolutely just watching the views go up like it's at 80,000 views or something right now so yeah didn't really expect that but all cool. uh, yeah all all exposure is good exposure I suppose at the end of the day right yeah, definitely. Let's talk about your 2018 campaign, and especially at Indiana. I mean, it was one of those seasons. It was marked by, at the end, Canadian Baseball Network making you one of the Canadian All-Stars there. Uh, when you look back on 2018, what sticks out as maybe a memorable performance or or maybe just the, the season as a whole for you? Um, something that really stuck out was going to Texas and playing that regional. Um, just an incredible experience. Got a little taste of you know, the best of the best of college baseball and definitely didn't go as far as we could have or wanted to, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'd say playing at Texas, that regional final when we played Texas, uh, lost three to two. That was just an incredible game by both sides. Just hard fought. We gave it everything we had. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't take back anything from from last year. So, It's been one of those seasons where you were capturing a lot of headlines around these parts in particular, massive home runs and dominant uh, pitching performances when you were up on the hill. Talk a little bit about going and being a little bit of a jack-of-all-trades there. Is that something that you've always done since you were a little kid, or is that something that you've picked up along the way? That's something that I've always done since I've played. I've um, never really had just one position. Uh, When I was 13, I was a catcher. When I was the next year, I was playing short, playing third, like everything. So, I mean, it's just something that I've that I've been doing my whole life, and it's honestly pretty easy here. Like, in terms of, I've been a starter, a starting pitcher for most of my life, mm-hmm. and now that I'm in that closing role, it's like, okay, I can actually go play the game every day, and still come in and pitch at the end of the game. So. I mean, I feel like it's just a little bit different in that sense, but other than that, it's it's pretty much the exact same that I've been doing my whole life. When you watch a guy like Otani and Anaheim perform well on both sides, does that give you hope or does that give you some inspiration, I guess, to maybe continue going down this path and maybe one day being able to do it at the pro level? Definitely. Um, yeah, he's a superstar athlete, obviously. and Yeah, definitely I could see myself pursuing both as far as I can. And honestly, I think that it's easier to go from hitting to pitching. So if the day comes where I have to decide, I can 
go hit, see how that goes, and then maybe fall back on pitching um, at the end of the day. So, Yeah, I was going to ask there, in terms of your future aspirations, in a sense, if you had to pick one, do you have a, a preference hitting ver- and fielding versus being a pitcher? I mean, that's the thing. Like, hitting, when you're when you're hot, it's the best. Like, looking forward to going up to the plate every at-bat. And at the same time, when you're struggling, it's it's one of the worst. So, I'd say... I would say that hitting is my favorite, um, even with the ups and downs and stuff. But, um, yeah, just I'd say hitting. When you look back on that 2018 campaign, and one of the things I think a lot of people were hoping for was to see your name flash up on uh, the MLB draft. And I'm curious, no, with no selection, uh, does that put a little bit of a fire under your rear end to maybe prove some people wrong and make sure that your name is called in 2019? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was a tough day the day after, really the whole week, weeks after the draft. Kind of just felt like I got punched in the stomach a little bit. Took some time away from the game, just got in the weight room. And now I'm I'm with these incredible coaches here at IU. So I think that at the end of the day, it's going to be a good thing that I didn't get picked last year and I got to come here and experience these coaches and um, really develop. So... Yeah, I'm excited for this year and been working hard, working hard with these coaches. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the year. I was going to ask you if that was maybe a reason why we didn't see you in a dog's uniform during the summer. You said that uh, you took a little bit of time off. Was that a was that a decision that you made just to kind of refocus, or how tough of a decision was it? Because that's something that uh, I know a lot of guys like doing is being able to play ball year-round. Right, yeah, that was a really tough decision for me. But um, I, I did look back at my skill set and everything that went down in 2018 and kind of try to reflect as well as I could from like an outside standpoint, like, okay, I didn't get drafted. What, like, why didn't I get drafted? What do I need to work on and stuff like that? So I just felt like my heart wasn't in the right place to strap on a uniform and go up and play every day. So I just took some time to reflect and yeah, it was a tough decision, but as soon as I got back here in the fall, I was hungry for the game. I, I wanted to play. Um, just want to get better every day and that's still how I feel to this day and that's how I'll feel the the rest of the spring so yeah, I'm really really fired up and ready to go. I've heard uh, different stories from hockey players in particular about being almost burned out by the game and being able to take a, a break from the game has allowed them to uh, go on to the next level and really you know fire up that that love for the game. I'm curious when you had that chance to reflect on it, what did you learn about yourself or what kinds of things did you go okay I gotta I gotta zone in on X Y Z to uh, make it so that I can go to the next level or perform even better for IU. Yeah, I think some of the big keys for me was um, getting in better shape, putting on some weight. I'm still trying to put on about 15 pounds from where I'm at right now. Getting stronger, obviously. Um, You know, pitch selection, uh, left-handed pitching, you name it. There's always something that I can work on for the game. So that, that little time I took off was definitely big in figuring out what I needed to do. When you look ahead and you look back, that kind of thing, who serves as inspiration for you in the game? Um, wow, there's there's plenty of guys um, on the mound. I like Marcus Stroman, his his worth work ethic, and you know just his mound presence. Um, 
thinking John, or um, Smoke for the Jays. I feel like we have a similar similar swing. Um, you know, I could go on and on about players. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. How about uh, how about life? Life. Um, well, for one, I would say uh, my JUCO coach Mark Rudin. So many things that he's taught me about you know things outside of the game. Um, he has like all these. He calls them Reardonisms, like little sayings, like I just speak to baseball and the game, or baseball and life. Sorry, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I'd say that the way he's lived his life and the way he coaches people, I'd say that he's um, an inspiration of mine for sure. When you think about uh, your upbringing and obviously being an Alberta kid, that kind of thing, what does that set you apart from others in your mind in terms of uh, having maybe a point to prove that kind of thing? Because I know talking to guys who head down stateside is not everybody kind of expects an Alberta kid or a Canadian kid for that matter to excel. And here you are having uh, having yourself a pretty good career to this point. Right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool to be, you know, one of the only people from your country um, in this area. So it's, yeah, it's nice to represent Canada. And um, yeah, it is kind of weird that a lot of these guys have never even played with or met, uh, you know, a Canadian. So yeah, I think it's pretty, pretty cool. And I enjoy it a lot. Looking ahead to 2019 now, and what's on your bucket list? What do you want to get accomplished by the time, let's say we talk in exactly one year's time, what do you want to say you've been able to accomplish? I want to be a first-team All-American. Um, I want to get drafted, top 10 rounds. And those are really my only two goals. Short, sweet to the point, but you know what? It sounds like you're pretty zoned in on that. Uh, Matt, congratulations on the season that you've had and looking forward to uh, all the successes that you've got in store come 2019. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks again to Les McTavish from Vauxhall Academy and Okotoks native Matt Lloyd for joining us this week. Next week, it's Christmas, and the week after that is New Year's Day. So we're going to abandon the Tuesday schedule for a couple of weeks here, and we're going to put together a new episode between those two, and then we'll get back on track officially in the new year. We have some absolute fire interviews to come and some new ideas that we can't wait to share with you. In the meantime, we want to take this opportunity to thank all of you for listening and for reading. Without you, we wouldn't be where we are. If you haven't already, make sure to leave us a review and a rating wherever you're downloading the podcast. We also want to thank our sponsors and partners for helping us cover costs and making all of this happen. Make sure to head to our website for more on them. On behalf of Ian, myself, and our families, have yourselves a Merry Christmas and a wonderful holiday season. Again, thank you all so much for all of your support of Alberta Dugout Stories.